For more than the past year, we've been telling kids that to be close to each other is dangerous, literally. And now it's time to start reintegrating back to school, sports, and activities, but it's not as smooth or seamless as we might think. There's a lot going on. On top of that, kids today are growing up in a world where cell phone use and screens is ubiquitous. It's everywhere, all the time. Face-to-face -face socialization has been on the decline for years. There's a lot for concern. And the primary way teenagers grow is through healthy peer relationships. They learn about themselves and how the world works. And what's most important in life is they journey together, shoulder to shoulder and face to face. But when a lot of kids are carrying heightened anxiety about being together, and fewer kids in general have any adept social skills, it's time for us to rethink how we support kids in building those relationships. So welcome to our limited podcast series on social reintegration where we interview educators and practitioners to discover best practices and common sense tools for anyone who has a kid in their life. Welcome to the U School. Well, uh, Jerry Jones, thanks for being on the U School podcast. I, we're trying to do these episodes short, quick and dirty. I know people don't have a lot of time. I think there's been a lot of content coming out in the past year or two. So the idea of kind of getting into it is part of the theme of this series. So with that in mind, would you get a, give us your backgrounds, where you're at, and uh, a little bit of like the profile of who you are? Sounds great, Scott. Thank you for having me today. Uh, just really quickly, I'm a career elementary education uh, person. Well, almost. Uh, so I've spent 24 years in education. I, I spent about eight years as an elementary school teacher, two different districts, Southeast San Diego and San Diego City Schools. Solana Beach, um, and then I moved to an assistant principal in the San Diego School District for a couple years. Became a principal at uh, Solana Highlands in the Solana Beach School District. Um, it was actually a school that I taught at. Hmm. Then I moved, um, I was fortunate enough to open up our newest school in, in 2014-15 uh, called Solana Ranch. And this is our seventh year in existence. So, um, you know, 24 years of trying to help kids maximize their potential and yeah. hopefully grow up to be um, happy, um, healthy, uh, good people yeah. who contribute to, to the world. And that's honestly, that's so why I was attracted to wanting to get to know you, hang out with you, have you on this. Cause I think you and I shared the same, very similar vision that school is not just about academics or getting a job. Um, which I, I just don't know why that's unique <laughs> still. <laughs> that's like a, you have a unique voice in education. I'm like, I don't know, maybe I don't see things uh, the way other people do. And so anyways, you and I, I think are kindred spirits. And I, I, agree. I look forward to getting to know you. So, so here's part of the question, part of the reason for this and, and why I wanted you to speak into this. I know your school's been back for a little bit of time, um, but by and large students across the board have, have missed out on a lot. And um, in, even from a meta standpoint, students more and more over the years have become a little bit more disconnected from social interaction. So in the past year, particularly year and change, students have been doing virtual school. A lot of their clubs and sports and organizations have been shut down or, or moved in a very kind of limited capacity. From your perspective at the top, working with families, working with teachers, working with a lot of students, what do you see uh, the big themes of what kids have been missing out on or what their needs are as we kind of re-enter into life? Well, it's certainly been I'm smiling. I, honestly, I don't know sometimes a smile or cry this year. It, it's been a hard year. <laughs> yes. uh, and uh, we're in a good place now. But it, it's been interesting, to say the least. 
Um, I am an optimist at heart, so I'll start with the, the optimist mm -hmm. part of the school mm -hmm. year. And I, I think it's it has been trying for everybody, um, parents, students, teachers, you, you name it, myself. But I think out of that, hopefully there'll be some positives, right? I, yeah. I think that our students have gained some resiliency. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they've become more tech savvy, more independent. I think they've hopefully gained an appreciation of actually being uh, physically at school so that as the time goes on, they won't complain about, and I don't think our students have done that too often, but um, you know, I want kids to, to really enjoy being at school and I, mm -hmm. I don't think they'll take that for granted moving forward. Um, that being said, you're, you're right. This has been a hard year. And I think kids, I talked to a doctor early on and she's like, our kids have bared the brunt of this. Mm. And I believe that has been true. It's, it's been difficult that they haven't been at school. They haven't been able to play with friends as much. Mm. And I think if you think back when you and I were in high school, you know, you think about the reason why you probably liked high school large part was probably extracurricular activities. Maybe it was band, maybe it was sports, maybe it was theater. It was a big sense of who you are in, in your identity. And I think for some kids, they've had that identity stripped a little bit. Hmm. And then I also think that kids need that acknowledgement, right? Hey, you're a good skateboarder. Oh, you're a good basketball right. player. You're, and they haven't had that. And I think that's been really, hmm. really challenging uh, for kids. Yeah. Um, they all crave that, that the friendship, that acknowledgement. So that, that certainly has been difficult. We, we know that uh, depression and anxiety have increased. I think yeah. I'm lucky I'm, a, I'm an elementary school principal, but if you read about middle school, high school, mm -hmm. I, I do see some of this even in the elementary school level, but middle school, high school, for sure. Uh, if yeah. you looked at the D's and F's, that's been rampant in middle school right. and high school. You right. look at attendance, rampant. Uh, so you know, I certainly feel grateful that we've been able to have our students back for a large portion of the school year. Um, but going back to what I said at the beginning, the optimistic part of me is I hope that we have built more resilient kids and yeah. kids that will be more grateful moving forward. Well, I've noticed as you're talking, just maybe think of our youngest who's in second grade and and she's been at home the entire year. And now her, her school is opening up to be able to go for a day or two a week. And, and we've been trying to unpack what, it, you know, what does that look like for her? And, and a part of what we heard in the conversation with the counselor was that the teachers are still required to keep a distance from the kids. And, um, and just kind of, uh, I think it's slowly settled into us, my wife and I, that what she's returning to at this point is not yet kind of what we were imagining or what maybe what she fully needs because a little girl at home in second grade, she's not super keen on sitting in front of the, she, you know, she hates zoom. She hates sitting there, but to imagine her in a, in a pod of, of desks around and teachers moving around, she really thrives in that kind of social, whatever that is, that glue, the fabric, the, she likes listening to rules. She likes to fit in. She likes to be social. So what, Talk about from your perspective the 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 tie between social connection and doing well in school, or or even more broadly, doing well in life. Well, I, I want to just touch on that part with your daughter going back to school. Although it does look different, I believe that in you know we still keep a little bit more space. Kids know when we're smiling, even when we have yeah. a mask on. 
instead of, you know, giving high fives, a lot of times I'm giving yeah. air fives or I'm giving an elbow or I have teachers giving a foot, you know, as they come in the door. <laughs> I, I, I think there's ways to still express that warmth. Um, and so we're still, we're still doing that, even though we're, we still have these, these parameters. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I believe that social interaction is huge for how students do in school. Hmm. I think when they're happy, when they feel like they're a part of something, they're obviously, it's like their basic needs, right? It goes back to right. when I was in college learning about uh, Maslow's hierarchies yeah. of need. And if, if they're feeling happy and fulfilled and good about who they are, they're, they're naturally going to do, do better in school. Hmm. And I think um, I've always said that one of the reasons why kids go to school is, is not just for the academics. It's about all those social interactions that you simply cannot replicate mm. anywhere else. Schools yeah. are extremely dynamic places, right? I, I, the way I describe it to kids is like, we're like this huge family, right? We're like hundreds of people. And, you know, sometimes there's going to be kids that might be difficult for you to get along with. And you got to have to, have to figure that out, right? You're going to work yeah. on projects. You got to work together for a common goal. Yeah. You got to learn, get out of your comfort zone. You got to be assertive for yourself sometimes. So I think kids are, are learning a lot at school that really mm. will translate. I, you know, you and I, we know yeah. people outside of education and the people I know who most are most successful, not only do they have, you know, the technical skills or the, mm -hmm. the IQ, if you will, they also have that, that EQ. They know how to yeah. deal with people really well. And I yep. think that's a, a large part of what we're, we're trying to do, you know, as a school, I, I read something well, I, I'm always reading stuff about interpersonal skills and, and how important yeah. that are. But I, I think it said something about that research shows that 90% of top performers have a high emotional intelligence. This is in the work in the workplace. Right, right. And, and I so I think a large part of what schools need to do is to develop that emotional intelligence. And the mm. cool thing about emotional intelligence is that we can teach it. Um, yeah. I mean, we all have relative strengths, and yep. but it is certainly an area that through explicit teaching and, and modeling, we can yeah. improve on it. Are there, speaking of that, because um, now you're, you're preaching to this choir. Yeah. What, what's, are, there, are there particular skills or competencies that you look at from, from the idea of being someone that's really adept socially later on in life? Like, cause that, you know, for me, I think I got to, I was really privileged to grow up, particularly with a mom who was extremely social. So I just kind of watched her, learned from her, usually was annoyed by her later on in teen years, but I look back and think, man, she taught me so much about how to be engaging, how to ask questions. Um, a lot of kids don't necessarily have that as the model. So when it comes to skills or skill building or teaching, like, are there things from your perspective that rise to the top? Like if we can teach these things, what would they be? Um, so it may sound corny, um, but I, I think whatever a school chooses, I think when we're all speaking the, the same language, it becomes really powerful. And so mm -hmm. like in college, I read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And I thought, well, yeah. that's it's a good book. You know, and I, I even used it in some of my early interviews and seek first to understand and to be understood. Uh -huh. And so yeah. then when I became principal at Solana Ranch, uh, we use something called the leader in me. And it basically takes the seven habits and it makes it more of an elementary school level. And, and so mm. I think myself and our staff were constantly using the leader in me language. And then what's great about that, it, it kind of aligns to everything else. So you're probably familiar with the castle court competencies. Yep. There's five competencies. 
self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making. Well, we teach those things as well, and they fit really nicely in with the seven habits. Mm -hmm. And so hmm. I think just kind of constantly talk about them. We have a lot of student leadership at our school where I have students leading everything. So I have them give speeches on it. I have them, um, if we, one of our expressions huh. is if a student can lead it, let them lead it. And Great. so they're developing those skills early on. We do a yep. lot of project-based learning. So they're learning how to work with their peers. Yep. So a, a lot of, a lot of practice, just like, yeah. just like everything else. Right. I mean, I, I, even at my age, I still feel like I'm improving at yep. my interpersonal skills, right? If I have a difficult totally. situation with a parent or something, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. thinking in my head, how do I deescalate that? What language yeah. <laughs> can I use to keep them moving along with me? So we're all improving. Well, speaking of that, and I, I don't want to get you in trouble so we can edit this out if it does, but <laughs> speaking of, I mean, you, I would imagine have had quite a bit of some heat coming at you from parents, particularly maybe last spring or in the beginning of the fall. Has there been, let's say a, a social skill, social norm that you um, aren't seeing as much in the parents who are modeling to our kids? <laughs> like, is there, if you could say, hey, could you all just grow in this? Could you all grow in forgiveness? Could you all grow in, in uh, seeking first to understand? Yeah. What would it be? Well, at the beginning of the year, I think communication, and which is one of the things we're talking about, but yeah. I think communication's really important. And so, Thankfully, our superintendent uh, made every principal have a summer meeting with their, mm. their families. And I think mm. I had, I don't know, almost 600 people on my, my Zoom. Maybe it was more. Wow. I don't remember. It was a wow. lot of people yeah. on, on a summer Zoom. Yeah. And I, one of the slides I started mm. off with was this year is going to be a difficult year. It's going to be a roller coaster of mm. a year. We're going to go through different highs and lows. I, you know, Honestly, I had no idea what was the year was going to, right. what was going to transpire, but I knew it was going to be a difficult year. And I said, we're going to need to have grace for each other, right? We're mm -hmm. going to have to have patience for each other. Yeah. We're going to have to have love for each other. And we will get through this together. Mm -hmm. And that That's was great. kind of our slogan this year is together we can. Yeah. And I think for the most part, for the most part, almost, almost without exception, our parents have been phenomenal. Now, it doesn't mean mm -hmm. it was, it's been easy. It's been, yeah. it's been difficult for all of us. But I think parents especially when they understood the lengths that we had to go through. And I, I mean, yeah. I know this is probably too long for this, this podcast, but I'm talking about, you know, having kids in pods, uh, assigning yeah. play areas that rotate, having one kid at every lunch table, having furniture moved out of rooms, having them six feet apart, marking the school, you know, having screening checkpoints in the morning. Mm. There's been so many things that we've had to do to at least do this successfully. But I, I think our most of our parents appreciated what it what it took. Um, yeah. And I knew, and I and I told them too, nothing we do this year is going to be ideal. It it, yeah. it just won't be, and it won't be until we're able to do what we've always done. But we're going to make the best of it. So I'd say c communication. Mm. My parents, for the most part, have been have been 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 great. Mm. All right. Well, last question. Summer's coming, yes. and next yes. year we all are anticipating unless there's new variants, new waves, new yeah. cut down things. Yeah. We're, we're anticipating that school's going to return and sports and activities, they're going to return in yes. person and a lot of restrictions will be removed. So yes. talking to a parent or even a teacher who's going to be thinking about setting up their classroom and receiving a bunch of new students, what, what to the parent, if there's something that you can 
encourage them to be deliberate about having conversations with their kid as it relates to being in person? Is there, is there kind of advice or what would you say, what would you encourage them to really focus on? Well, you mentioned the summer. So first off, I think the summer, let's get kids playing. Yeah. Let's get, get kids socializing. Let's kids getting, being active. Let's try to get them to have as much normalcy mm -hmm. as we can. I think that's one of the, the, the best things that we can do. Yeah. Also, um, we need balance and, you know, to, I mean, I'm not against technology. I think technology can be wonderful, especially at school, the way we use it to really yeah. deepen, to deepen learning. Um, but anything out of balance can, cannot be good. And, you know, mm -hmm. I do see some kids that are maybe a little too, uh, addicted to, to the devices. And, and yeah. so, you know, let's get them out there developing, uh, hobbies and interests and, right. and passions, right. and let's try to keep these things in balance. And I think as the adults, we need to do, we need to model that as well yeah. Yeah. And, and do stuff that's fun with, um, with our kids. So I guess that would be my advice. Let's, let's yeah. let them be kids. Let's let them play. Let's let them develop passions, hobbies, and interests. Yeah. Return to normal is what I hear you saying. <laughs> Return to normal and, 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 ba and balance. Yeah. You know, I often, I always talk to kids like, Hey, what are you doing this weekend? What are you mm -hmm. doing over break? And, and, and some kids I can tell they haven't really developed, developed those interests and passions. You right. know, they, they don't even know what they like to right. do. Right. And, and I think that, you know, we need to help kids do that like yeah. let's get them out there riding bikes and hiking yeah. and going camping and and learning to play an instrument yeah. or whatever it is I, I think that's one of the problems with technology is that kids don't know how to be bored sometimes right and totally uh, when they're not bored they're, they're not like you and i when we were little yeah, totally if we were bored we're gonna go make up a game right we're gonna go play something we're gonna <laughs> yeah. talk with kids yeah we'll figure something out and, and now you know kids don't always have boredom yeah uh, and so i think this summer Let's let's get kids out playing and developing passions and interests. Uh, you well, you heard it here, people from Principal Jerry Jones. Go go make your kids get bored, and then let them figure out what to <laughs> do with that. Uh, Jerry, where can people find you if they want to get connected? Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. I think it's uh, at Jerry Jones Ranch. So you know, cool. I mostly do that school related things, but yeah. I'm also on LinkedIn, and um, and I love connecting with other people, learning from other people. So I, I, I welcome that in the future. Awesome. Thank you, Jerry. Scott, thank you so much. I had a great time. Thank you. Good. There are a series of questions that are crucial for every young person to answer in order for them to be fully prepared to make the best decisions for their future. But they rarely get the chance to even think about these questions. One of the most common conversations we have with kids is about their future. And it's not actually helpful. We always ask, what do you want to do when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? And maybe it's an interesting question to us, but it's rarely helpful. Typically, it just creates anxiety and more confusion. And we like to finish that conversation with a nice little lecture. <laughs> but it doesn't give them clarity and confidence like we hope. So what's a better way to help them? That's what we want. Well, we put together a free mini course for students. It's called When You Get Older. And with just a few simple reflection exercises, we're going to guide them to consider who they want to be someday, not just what they want to do. It's a much, much more helpful starting point, and it's a conversation that can be started in the course and continue for years to come. It's really simple to get started and free. I'm not sure if I mentioned that. Just click the link in the bio, share it with your kid, and we'll take it from there.